The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Fu. And I'm Damien Sassauer. We need to touch on a story that we've been watching for a while, especially as now we're in the middle of the college football season. Name image and likeness in college sports. Yeah, the College Athlete Economic Freedom Act. It's a mouthful, but it allows college athletes unrestricted use of their name, image, and likeness and penalizes schools that curb those rights. NIL legislation has not come without criticism. Here's Georgia Bulldogs coach Kirby Smart, who feels that they're not sustainable. I don't think what's going on in college football right now at some places is sustainable, meaning can you do that year in and year out and repeat that? Can you honor the commitment that some people are trying to make to kids to get them to go to their school? That was Kirby Smart, Georgia head football coach. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M also addressed NIL legislation. There's no rules. Each state has its own rules. I mean, it's not just an NCAA thing or a national thing. There's each state, like for instance, in Texas, we cannot bring up NIL to recruit. We can't say it. We can't promise. All we can say, if guys on our team have it, that's all we can say. Other states can written contracts. I mean, it's just the world we're in, and we're frustrated because there's no unification of what happens and the way it happens. Texas A&M coach there, Jimbo Fisher. Here to talk with us about at least one of those bills is Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate the time. Take us through what Washington is trying to do with NIL. Well, I've long been very supportive of the effort to get um, these athletes access to the money they deserve um, from the marketing of their their name and their image and their likeness. Um, more broadly, though, I think we need to admit that um, college sports, in particular, big time college football and basketball are professional sports. Um, they make billions of dollars for adults. Um, and these kids are kept in poverty. Um, I would like ultimately to see you know, a more comprehensive system of reimbursement for these athletes, especially, again, the ones that are playing in the money-making sports. For the time being, the best we can do is just getting them compensation for endorsement deals. Uh, I don't think Congress is going to do anything about it in the short run. Um, if the colleges and the NCAA are interested in having a discussion about a broader set of workplace protections, labor rights, and compensation, uh, then Congress might be willing to sit down and talk. But we're certainly not going to you know, hand power to the colleges or to the NCAA to limit students' ability to get compensated for endorsements. Uh, I think this has been a really good thing for athletes that are professional. They're professional athletes. They're playing a professional sport um, and they're making a whole ton of money for everybody else. I'm really glad that they're finally being able to get at least a small part of those profits. Can you talk a little bit about the bipartisan support there is for action on this? Specifically, what part of uh, what you're proposing has the buy-in from the other side? 
I don't think there's much bipartisan agreement right now. You know, Why is from that? what I understand, uh, because my sense is right now Republicans are, you know, seeking to sort of give power back to the NCAA or back to the schools, are seeking to limit uh, athletes' ability to be compensated. I, I think there may be some Democrats in that camp as well, but I'm of the mind that we should be expanding player rights, that we should be expanding compensation models. And right now, there don't seem to be a lot of Republican partners in that endeavor. So that's why I'm you know, very honest about the prospects for legislation. I, I don't see Congress acting anytime soon unless there's a consensus amongst the schools that they need Congress's um, uh, consent for some broader reform of college athletics, which to me involves um, broad compensation for at least athletes in the sports that are making billions of dollars. So, Senator, one of the more confusing things that I'm trying to wrap my brain around is that you have legislation at the state level, at different states, right? And if you're, you know, an advertiser or you're Reebok or Adidas or, or, or Nike or whatever, um, it's very, very challenging, you know, given different laws at the state level. How does your bill, how does the Collegiate Athlete uh, Economic Freedom Act change this? So I have, you know, legislation um, and it's bicameral. I introduced it with Lori Trayan, a former college uh, athlete representing Massachusetts. Um, and what we would do is just create a national standard um, similar to the most permissive state laws. It would just broadly allow for student athletes across the country to have access to endorsement deals. And it would create a, a standard right all across the country. And I think that's the way to go, at least on NIL rights. That would mean that there weren't different abilities um, to do endorsement deals based upon which state you're going to school in. Now, again, I don't think that that's sufficient. I, I, I think that you should more evenly distribute out compensation uh, amongst athletes at these programs. But I, I would hope that you know schools would be interested in having that uniform right. Thus far. Um, colleges, conferences, the NCAA have not been willing to endorse our legislation because it does grant a broad right to student athletes. And what they are asking Congress to do is to limit that right. The NCAA is asking Congress to basically give them the power to decide which students get compensated and how much money. And there's just not bipartisan agreement to do something like that right now. So, Senator, I, I mean, you talk about more evenly distributing those rights to student athletes, you know, I, I just want to throw some numbers at you. You know, NCAA generates a billion dollars in annual revenue. I think college sports generates 26 billion, but it's dominated by these power five conferences. So when you say evenly distribute, I mean, are we talking that, you know, those big programs should, you know, players who are playing for those big programs should be entitled to a bigger piece of the pie? I mean, what do you mean by, by evenly distribute the wealth? Well, I, listen, I think that this is a question for the conferences, for the schools to figure out. I, it shouldn't be up to me to devise a, a compensation scheme. Sure. But what I'm talking about is a revenue sharing arrangement in which you come to a conclusion as to how much money the industry is making and you guarantee a certain cut of those dollars to students. Now, you could do that on a conference by conference basis. You could do that uh, for Power Five schools. You could do that more broadly across all of Division One. Right. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you could do that. Um, but that's the direction I think we should be heading in, um, looking at these sports as 
um, as professional sports. Um, you know, there are more people in the stadiums for University of Michigan football games than there are for uh, any NFL game and making sure that the students get a percentage of those revenues. Now, I, I want to clarify something for people out there listening. The bill that you're talking about, it would the key to the whole thing is that it would prohibit the NCAA schools and conferences from creating guardrails that would restrict any athletes from compensation. Right now, because of NIL, those college athletes can be compensated. But you had mentioned that there was not bipartisan support for this. Is there a chance when it looks like Republicans are taking control of the House that there could be uh, some sort of legislation going the other way? Yeah, it's certainly possible. Um, I, I have not tracked as closely uh, legislation in the House, um, but it's certainly possible that uh, a House Republican majority could pass a bill, you know, essentially eliminating the rights that exist today and giving the power back to the NCAA to decide which students get money and how much. I don't think there are the votes for that in the House of Representatives in the Senate today, so um, it wouldn't necessarily end up becoming uh, becoming a law. Up next on the show, we continue our conversation with Senator Chris Murphy. We're talking NIL and college sports. Plus, we'll get his thoughts on Brittany Griner. That is straight ahead on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And you can find me on Twitter at Scarlet Foo. And you can follow me at D Sassauer. And don't forget to catch our podcast. That's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays on all your podcast platforms. And right here on Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show. We explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scarlett Fu and Damian Sassauer. We continue our conversation with Senator Chris Murphy. He's on the show to talk about name, image, and likeness legislation for college athletes, but there are a few other topics we want to get his thoughts on, including Brittany Griner. It's a story that we've been paying close attention to. She was recently moved to a penal colony in Russia to serve her sentence, and there are concerns about her safety and well-being. Here's White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan speaking at a press briefing about Griner. She is being held unjustly. She should be released immediately. Uh, we have made that clear to our Russian counterparts. And we have put forward a series of proposals over the last several months for how we could resolve her case as well as the case of Paul Whelan uh, to bring them both home. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on Brittany Griner. We'll get Senator Murphy's thoughts on that coming up. But first, let's get back into our conversation on NIL. You mentioned earlier how um the Republicans or some Republicans and some Democrats want to give power back to the NCAA. There is this sense that perhaps that association has too much power. Which is too powerful, the NCAA 
individual schools or the conferences? And I ask about the conferences because we've seen the Big Ten become something akin to the big, what, 14, 16, Michael Barr? Mm-hmm. And the Southeastern Conference, uh, of course, is, is one of the most powerful conferences. Well, I think the NCAA is sort of on the way to becoming pretty irrelevant, certainly for college football purposes. Um, the Power Five has its own set of rules. The individual conferences now are heading in a direction where they are going to exist completely independent of the NCAA. You may end up in a world where there's only two conferences, right? Um, where the best football is being played, the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, so in football, the NCAA is you know close to irrelevant. Um, in basketball, they are still pretty relevant. The conferences are powerful, but the NCAA still has a lot of sway because what matters most is that NCAA tournament. That's where the NCAA makes all of their revenue. When when you talk about the NCAA making a billion dollars, it's the college basketball tournament. So it depends on what sport. Um, I, I just don't think that the NCAA nor the conferences have shown any interest in protecting players. They are interested in protecting the revenues that make adults rich. That is what they are interested in. Um, they are they are interested in preserving the status quo. And I think the only way to save college sports is to pay these players because the kids are getting wise. The kids are figuring out the scam. And so what you're seeing increasingly is high school athletes either going straight to the professional leagues. Now, that can't be the NFL or the NBA right now, but they will go to um, the semi-professional waylay leagues. They'll go overseas. I think that will be the trend if they don't see any path to getting fair compensation in, uh, in college. And it'll destroy college athletics. So to me, as somebody who loves college sports, I have long argued for the comp- for the broad fair compensation of athletes because I think that's actually the only way to preserve um, the sport. You grew up in Weathersfield, Connecticut. You uh, graduated from UConn School of Law. Of course, UConn has an incredible women's basketball team. To what extent did you speak with players uh, there on the team about to, to formulate your ideas on NIL? Um, how active a voice were they in? in sharing their views? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm. we got a good women's basketball team. we got a top 25 <laughs> uh, men's basketball team. We're bowl eligible, a top 10 hockey program. I'm all about program. the women. Yep. This is a good time to be a, yeah, it's, All right, I got you. Um, so Gino <laughs> Ariema has been a long-time proponent. Uh, Gino has been a long-time proponent of NIL. Uh, the, the, the athletes on that program obviously have been the biggest beneficiaries of uh, NIL. Um, Lori Tran talks about this in a really compelling way. She's the house co-sponsor of uh, our NIL bill. For many women, um, their college sporting years are their most lucrative. Now, that is unfortunately due to the fact that professional opportunities for women athletes don't exist in the way that they do for male professional athletes. And so when women are playing at a collegiate soccer program, um, they may, during those four years, have the highest earning potential um, of their uh, time as a high-profile athlete. And so for women athletes, it's frankly life-changing to be able to have access to NIL. And you're seeing that on campus at stores. You're seeing Paige Beckers and and, and Azzy Fudd and, and others 
um, you know, doing six, seven figure deals um, because um, of the focus on women's athletics. Unfortunately, um, some of those deals are not available to them when they graduate college. So um, this is really an issue of athlete empowerment, but in particular, an issue of women athlete empowerment. Senator, you're a member of the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, but in addition to that, you're also a member of the Foreign Relations Committee. And, you know, I wonder if I could ask you, um, you know, Brittany Griner, you know, her appeal was just rejected by a Moscow court. She's going to be facing nine years in prison in Russia. Um, Any color as to what the next steps are, what more we could be doing here in the U.S., what more the U.S. government could be doing, if anything, to try and bring her back home? Well, I'm not sure the Russian government is willing to release Brittany Griner for anything other than the complete um, uh, uh, surrender of Ukraine. Wow. Um, and so, um, you know, we have offered, uh, and this is, this is, you know, open source reporting, we have you know, put on the table prisoner exchanges that, frankly, were pretty generous. Um, I don't think that's um, what Russia is interested in. I think they are interested in holding Brittany Griner is leveraged to try to stop the Ukraine war. Um, and so that is obviously um, a price that we cannot pay um, and would, of course, be unwilling to pay. This is awful and terrible for um, Brittany and her family and her loved ones. Um, but there's only uh, one person and one government responsible for this atrocity. It's Vladimir Putin and the Russian government will continue to try to um negotiate for her release um but we uh can't surrender uh, a country's sovereignty um in exchange for the release of Brittany Griner and um hopefully we'll be able to find some other pathway now let's ask the hard hitting question see i live in pennsylvania and uh, we have online betting so how deep Will UConn's men's and women's team go? <laughs> and when we get into the NCAA uh, tournament, how deep do you think they'll go? Well, you know, we just had a big win. The women beat uh, Texas uh, this week, which sort of shows you they are going to undoubtedly be a Final Four team this year. You know, the men have been very good uh, the last couple of years. Their team last year I thought was really special, but they have not broken through under – uh, Coach Hurley's tenure to win an NCAA tournament game. This may be um, this may be the difference maker. You know, another really good uh, development for college athletes has been the ability to freely transfer. Right, that was a another scam that the adults were perpetrating on kids. Um, you know, forcing kids to sit out a year before they transferred. You know, just to protect. You know, just basically to punish kids for adults' potential transgressions. Now that these kids can transfer more freely, you're seeing programs like UConn um, being able to more quickly compete. So we have a very good team this year. But, you know, if you watched UConn's game last night against Buffalo, you would have seen, you know, I think four of our starting five, maybe three of our starting five being, you know, first year transfer students. So that's one of the reasons that UConn may make a run this year. I did. And you are right. They look great. (laughs) By the way, people in Connecticut, do you guys have online gambling there? So we're we're just beginning it. So we now uh, have online gambling. It's um, done primarily in Connecticut through our two uh, casinos. We have you know two uh, Native American tribe-run um, casinos. So yeah, we have just sort of stepped into uh, into this world in Connecticut. Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat from Connecticut, you are so kind to take time out from your very busy schedule 
to talk with us. We really do appreciate it right here on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Thank you, Senator. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, guys. This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. We explore big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Dick Barr Sports. I'm at Scarlet Foo. I'm Damian Sassauer, and I am at D Sassauer. By the way, you can catch our podcasts every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and download them wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.